Welcome to Nashville Anthems, dissecting 80s and 90s country music. And thanks to J.D. Wilkinson for providing today's theme music. On this podcast, we try to unlock the secret of what makes 80s and 90s country music particularly work by picking apart the songs played on satellite radio's 80s and 90s country station, One at a Time. I'm your host, Melton McMainerberry, and I'll be your lifeguard on today's beach excursion because satellite radio has brought us one of the titans of the late 80s neo-traditional boom, Texas's own Clint Black, and his mid-90s hit, Summer's Coming. So if you haven't already, I hope you'll pause this podcast and give Summer's Coming a close listen or two. And now let's get into it. First off, as always, we want to give credit where credit is due. Summer's Coming was released as a single in 1995, just as, you guessed it, the summer was coming that year. The song was written by Clint Black and frequent co-writer Hayden Nicholas and went to number one on the Billboard country charts. Black also co-produced the song with a name we've run into before on the God Blessed Texas episode, James Stroud. Hmm. Okay, I gotta preface this by putting my cards on the table. And I say this as a true Clint Black fan, but I gotta keep it real. Something feels off about this song. So this podcast is about what works about 80s and 90s country, but obviously the project presumes that the music does work. We've had a couple that I argued almost didn't work, and if I may be so bold, I think we've encountered in Clint Black's Summer's Coming our first selection that just doesn't work. And I think what's happening is that Bluesy elements in the song are standing side by side. I hate that word juxtaposed for some reason, so I'm not going to use it. Bluesy elements inhabit the same sonic space as very un-bluesy elements. So we're going to attack this song by parsing these incongruous elements to see if we can reverse engineer what it is that, well, doesn't feel quite right about this song. And, you know, blues may be too specific. That's in there, but maybe it's more about just personality, color, even grit. It's about a moodiness the song implies or restrains without possessing, a soulfulness that's wanting, and a song that's about a joy that is somewhat universal. So let's start at the most obvious place, the lyrics. The lyrics of Summer's Coming follow that pattern we've become so accustomed to on this podcast. That's unabashed celebration of its subject matter. So the singer in Summer's Coming is excited about summer because it's a long-anticipated opportunity to unwind, pure and simple. And the lyrics flesh out that idea by doing what we've noted often that these songs do, providing details that support its message and which, importantly, are specific enough to sound sincere. We won't belabor this because it's so on the surface of this song, as we're finding it often is in 90s country music. We haven't had much 80s yet, but we'll see. Uh, But because of that, it's all a bit impossible to miss. But it's heat waves, it's tans. The only thing we're missing are Kenny Chesney's coconut oil tan senoritas, but they're pretty much implied, right? Bottom line, this song is happy, the song is exuberant, the song is in that how your love makes me feel vain and a million miles from neon moon. So simple enough, right? So where's this incongruity I talked about? 
Well, stay with me and let's talk a little bit more about a feature that's closely related to the lyrics in terms of function, and that's the vocals in the song. Because I think that's where we start to notice that something doesn't quite fit. Specifically, let's talk about the tonality of the song, especially how that tonality manifests in Black's vocals. So Clint Black, who has a naturally bluesy voice, manages to sing this one almost perfectly straight. The song just sounds funny in his voice. Clint Black, who became famous from very honky-tonky, telecaster-heavy classics like Killin' Time and a personal Melton favorite, Nobody's Home, delivers this one grit-free. But kind of not really, because that gritty, bluesy sound is natural to Clint Black's vocal timbre. And rather than suppressing it, it's just kind of there without contributing to the performance. I think we can say that Clint Black wears the honky-tonk sound very well, but these Beach Boys trunks are a poor fit. You were the first thing that I thought of When I thought I drank you off my mind Nothing on earth that'll get me humming Like a heat wave coming I'll come running with me Now tonally, the notes are all straight and on pitch. You don't hear those pitch bends and in-between notes that we've talked about that are hallmarks of bluesy music. And this fact is all the more highlighted by the number of thirds in the melody. If you remember, the most common scale degree to play with in a blues melody is the third, often pulling that third down the half step to a minor third or pulling it down to something in between major and minor. But take a listen to the melody in the line, every night is a Saturday night and everything's right. It sounds like this. So there are two prominent thirds in there, and they are as straight as straight can be. They're so straight, we should call them George. But hold on to that dad joke. We'll come back to that idea. So in addition to there being incongruity between Black's natural voice and the way it is used in the song, I think there's also a contrast between Black's vocals and some of the instrumentation, specifically the guitars and the piano. The easiest place to hear what I'm talking about is in the lead guitar solo before the second verse. It's full of those classic blues pitch bends and in-between notes. You can hear it in most of the piano fills as well that kind of pepper the song. You have this like nasty, bluesy, honky-tonk guitar and piano, and it's up against Black's uncharacteristic straight-laced vocals. And I think that's part of what makes the song just not quite feel right. So we should talk also about the brightness of this song, because a lot of that is in the vocals as well, especially the vocal harmony. There's a lot of vocal harmony in this song, more than we've typically seen so far. So it's a defining feature of this song. So first of all, it sounds like Black is singing harmony with himself. There's always a certain incongruity for me personally whenever I hear that. There's something uncanny about it. But the harmony parts are straightforward, just stacked up tightly on top of the melody. And there's something Beach Boys inspired about these harmony vocals. 
They're, again, not nearly as complex as Beach Boys' vocal arrangements, but the characteristic brightness of Beach Boys' harmony is there. That full, loud, vibrato-free, high-pitched, almost robotic straightness that the Beach Boys' vocal sound had. You got a healthy run to help me get a ride on my heart. The tightness is certainly there as well, and the harmony, as I said, is prevalent in this song, much more so than the previous songs we've looked at. But what puts it over the top, for me, have to be the ooze that show up over the line, making that tan in the broad daylight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a tough line. With her making that tan in the broad daylight? Come on, Clint Black, you're better than that. Remember, this is the same songwriting team that wrote, Where Are You Now? <laughs> you know? There's corny fun, and there's corny what? You're listening to Melton McManerberry's Solitary Opinion here, and if you disagree, definitely write me at meltonmcmainerberry at gmail.com and let me know all about it. But I struggle with some of this. Where was I? Right. I think we're hearing a lot of Beach Boys influence in this song that's explicitly about summer, so that makes a lot of sense. In contrast, Blues is classically one voice, usually with all the bends and in-between notes, etc. Extensive, tight harmony with a vocal like that is difficult. So the super prominent, tight harmony like you're hearing here in Summer's Coming just wouldn't make sense in a bluesier song. And the vocals in blues certainly wouldn't have that eyebrows-raised brightness of the Beach Boys either. It's worth pointing out the seconds in the melody as well. The basic melody sits on the B below middle C quite a bit. That's this note. And it goes there inside of that tonic A chord such that you have this sound permeating, especially the chorus. We talked about this concept a lot in the Diamond Rio episode, That's What I Get for Loving You, because that was a super bright song also with lots of seconds in it. So I'll let you revisit that episode for a deeper dive. But suffice it to say that seconds emphasize the major nature of a song. And the more major a song is, the less dark, less bluesy it sounds, and the brighter it sounds. And that's what you hear in Summer's Coming. So all this makes perfect sense in a song about summer, right? Sunshine, white sand, sunglasses, Beach Boys influence, all that. It just sounds weird in Clint Black's voice. Put this in Kenny Chesney's voice, and it makes perfect sense. I could even hear Alan Jackson singing this, a la Chattahoochee, or Summertime Blues. But Clint Black's voice has always had more natural color than either of those two. More natural grit and darkness, such that it simply doesn't sound as bright as it needs to to fit the rest of the song. Still not convinced? Okay, let's wax musical for a second and talk about the song's chord progression. So Summer's Coming's chord progression in the chorus is very similar to the 12-bar blues chord progression we've talked so much about on this podcast. But it's only similar, not identical. And the difference is interesting. Let me illustrate what I'm talking about. First, just in terms of feel, Summer's Coming spends a lot of time on each chord, particularly the tonic chord in the chorus. That's a feature of 12-bar blues and gives it a certain overall feel. But more specifically, Summer's Coming's 
chorus chord progression is A, 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 D, 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 A, 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 E, E, A, A. And 12 bar blues in A is A, 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 D, D, A, A, E, E, A, A. By the way, another shout out to J.D. Wilkinson. The theme he supplied for this episode is, in fact, 12 bar blues in A. Coincidence? So the difference between those two chord progressions is basically an extra two beats of D and an extra two beats of A in the middle. We talked a good bit about 12-bar blues and the Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up episode. And you may remember from that episode that I like to think of 12-bar blues as three four-bar patterns. If that framework works for you, the easiest way to think of Summer's Cummins' chorus chord progression is to double up the four chord, the D, and one chord, the A, in that second four-bar pattern. So one of the things that makes 12-bar blues distinctive is that it's, well, 12 bars. The reason that it's distinct is that music generally loves powers of 2. You know, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32. Western music typically cycles in small and large patterns of those lengths. 12 not being a power of 2 breaks that pattern. The 12-bar pattern doesn't have that symmetry that pop music usually has. It feels either like something is stretched out too much or like it's cut short, like it wants to be either 8 or 16. 12 is kind of an awkward in-between. And that's why the deviation in Summer's Coming is so interesting. Similar to what happens with Clint Black's voice, or tries to happen as we discussed, it takes the color out. It takes a 12-bar pattern and makes a 16-bar pattern out of it. 16 is a power of 2, much more conventional structure than 12. It's like the song evens out unevenness that it would otherwise have by making a couple of the chords hang on a little longer than they would in 12-bar blues. And you can feel it. There's definitely something in the chorus, especially, that feels structurally off about the song. I had to sit and count it out. I was thinking there must have been some 2-4 measures in there, or maybe an extra measure, or an extra beat sitting around. But no, there are none of those things. It's a straightforward 4-4 pattern of 16 bars. And that's just it. That ordinarily shouldn't sound off at all. And I think the fact that it does is precisely because the structure so strongly suggests 12-bar blues without actually being it. So what you're hearing isn't a structure that's off, but rather one that is, in a sense, correcting one we're very used to that itself is off. When is the deviation the norm? When is alternative mainstream? If you deviate from a common deviation, are you extra weird or just normal? Therein lies some of what I argue is the non-magic of summer's coming. There's some very fine line there, and zeroing in on it feels necessary as part of this podcast's overall project. I argue that summer's coming doesn't quite work, but that probably means it was very close to working really, really well. So, I think everything we've said so far can be summed up in one word, and that word is straightforwardness. The lyrics of Summer's Coming are straightforward. There's no trace of irony whatsoever. The vocal delivery is straightforward, or as straightforward as Clint Black's naturally colorful voice could make it. The harmony is straightforward, and the song's structure strongly suggests 12-bar blues, but seems to go out of its way to turn 12-bar blues asymmetrical bars 
into 16 straightforward ones. I also want to point out the straight rhythm this song has. And I alluded to this earlier. It contrasts to the groovy, jazzy rhythm guitar that this song has. The rhythm heavy lifters, the bass guitar and drums, are playing very straight, unsyncopated, even 4-4. The drum is extremely straight, almost comically so. The song feels bouncy, and I largely think that's because of the way the drums are played, which the drum part could be more driving if it wanted to be, and or more frantic, like Ain't Going Down to the Sun Comes Up's herky-jerky style. But instead, it's mechanical in its approach, robotic and dry lacking personality in a song about having fun, very not Beach Boys rhythmically, despite the very Beach Boys vocal harmony. Give a listen to the bass guitar part. It's remarkably straight for how unstraight the rhythm guitar is. Leave it to the boys Get that old working monkey down off my back All I want's a little piece of noise The rhythm guitar is really well done. Actually, I have to say everything on this song is really well done, including the vocals. I think you're hearing in Summer's Coming the wonder that very good studio musicians, vocalists, and producers can work on, well, a song like Summer's Coming. But the rhythm guitar is nice because of its, well... Rhythm. Lots of syncopation going on in that muted staccato rhythm guitar part. It's down in the mix, though. You have to listen for it. The rhythm is really dominated by the straight drum and bass guitar that we just mentioned. But anyway, the point is, the rhythm guitar has some rhythmic pizzazz. A little sneaky something-something to jazz the song up a bit. So if you really want to hear the internal contrast in this song that I'm talking about, listen to the bass guitar and rhythm guitar together. They aren't playing the same song. Rhythmically, the bass player is playing How Your Love Makes Me Feel, while the rhythm guitar is playing something like Straight Tequila Night. Okay, well, I want to wrap up this discussion with one final point, and it's not just because the pun is too rich not to use. Because Summer's Coming isn't just straight, S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T, it's straight, S-T-R-A-I-T. The more I listened, the more I heard it. We haven't gotten to a George Strait song yet on this podcast, so I'll hold back on a detailed discussion of what makes George Strait George Strait to say nothing of his inestimable influence on the genre and era that this podcast is exploring. But close your eyes and give this song a listen in your head in George Strait's voice instead of Clint Black's. Can you hear it? I mentioned Kenny Chesney and Alan Jackson for the subject matter, and I mentioned George Strait for the, I can't resist, straightness. More than anything else, it feels to me like Clint Black is channeling George Strait in his approach to this song, especially vocally. But Clint Black's voice just doesn't sound like George Strait's. George Strait's is incredibly, inherently sincere, but with a wink. There's something in Strait's delivery that smirks, that says you're 
in on it, whatever it is, that there's an intimacy between you and Straight that is, in a sense, detached from the song. Oh, I like it too, and to tell you the truth, that wasn't my chair after all. Clint Black's voice is closer to Ronnie Dunn's. It's soulful, it's colorful, and it has more of a natural depth and connection to what it's singing. Not that kind of detached intimacy with the listener that Straits has. And I think that's the problem. Summer's Coming would work if it had a hint of irony, a detachment. Garth Brooks' tongue-in-cheek narration of Long Neck Bottle, for example, or the charm of George Strait's The Chair. But frankly, I don't think it has those things. Instead, it has Neon Moon's immersive approach to a subject matter that doesn't want that. Try to imagine Ronnie Dunn singing Summer's Coming. Actually, don't. <laughs> don't, don't do that to yourself. Let's just end right there. I've been more negative than I like to be in this episode, and I think that's probably mostly because Clint Black's earlier work is just that good. 90s country is unimaginable without a better man and nobody's home having come right before it. But it could lose Summer's Coming, and I'm not sure anyone would notice. So rather than pile on with a recap, let's come in out of the heat and find out what song we'll be looking at on the next episode of Nashville Anthems. I'm going to pull up Satellite Radio's 80s and 90s country station right now and see what's playing. Ah, finally another woman. This is Jody Messina. The song's a fun one. It's called I'm Alright. I look forward to discussing that one on the front porch with you in two weeks. And until then, you can write me at MeltonMcMainerberry at gmail.com. You can also follow Nashville Anthems on both Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to tell a friend about us. Thanks for listening. Adios. I gotta go. I think someone's coming.